0: Welcome to the Life After 50 show. Hi, I'm Katherine Watson and I'm happy to be here with you today. I've got a great guest and you're going to want to listen to what Tanya Moon has to say. Her talk um, from lean from lean to quarantine, (laughs) quarantine to lean. Boy, I got that all twisted around. I'm going to bring Tanya up so we can clarify that in just a minute. This show is brought to you by Find Houston Senior Care, a web directory to help you find the resources and information you want if you're looking for senior care for somebody you care about. So we're going to bring Tanya up in just a second, and we're going to talk about her program. Tanya went from hospice to health. And she helps people get lean in quarantine. Now I said it right. Okay, let's bring Tanya up. I can't believe I flubbed that so bad. Hey, Tanya, well, how, how are on? you?
1: I'm great. How are you, Catherine? I'm
0: Thanks doing great. Me. I'm doing great. So Tanya, tell us a little bit about um, what does this all mean from
1: hospice to health and getting lean in quarantine? What What are you talking about today? Yes, thank you. So for people who don't know me, I spent over 15 years in hospice. Um, I was at the bedside of literally hundreds of dying people. My role as a liaison was to connect families to hospice care once hospice was ordered for a patient. So I really drove the process of connecting all of those hospice resources for families. And much of my time was spent literally at the bedside of the dying Um, I moved from the field of hospice work into the boardroom where I got to really see the behind the scenes of operating multimillion dollar companies based on death and dying. And death and dying is very much a business. But through that process, I learned so many lessons from my patients that I was able to care for. And um, one of the lessons that I learned is that. In the end. The only thing you have to hold on to is family and health. That's it. And when health is gone, all you're left with is family. Mm -hmm. But through my development of my career, I was leaving my family four and five times a week to go care for other people. Because Mm -hmm. as nurturers, that's what we're called to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So what took place in that process was just the denial of my own health. Mm -hmm. I uh, put everyone else's health health in front of my Mm -hmm. own. And at the ripe old age of 47, found myself on the verge of a severe stroke sitting in my doctor's office. And it was all related to things I was putting in my mouth. So Mm -hmm. even though I'd spent years at the bedside watching people literally die from heart disease, stroke, dementia, diabetes, um, I never thought it could happen to me until I'm sitting in my physician's office and it was happening to me at a very young age. And so... That was my line in the sand moment with my health. So that's how I I went from hospice to health.
0: Yeah, and I think that's something that just about everybody can relate to, um, whether they've actually gotten to that line in the sand yet or not. I think with uh, what's going on currently in our world with this pandemic, um, it's brought a lot of people a little bit more awakened. Uh, to Absolutely. what they're doing to their bodies. Um, we all went through a period in March you and I were talking about March was the month of fear. we were we were paralyzed. We didn't know what was going on, what was gonna happen um, and and everybody went through their own processes. and what I saw was everybody was baking bread and cookies <laughs> and the food posts were unbelievable on yes. both. It was just, it was really funny, you know, when yeah. you looked at it. I mean, it was funny and it was bad mm-hmm. and it was, you know, we all, uh, you know, I wouldn't say we all, there might be some people who didn't get into it, but I'd say a good majority of people out there yeah. did. Why is that? Why would you say so many more people are
1: admitting to overeating lately? Well, I think the ultimate answer is stress and fear mm-hmm. of the unknown, you know, one addiction that we never really talk about too much in our country is food addiction and more specifically sugar addiction. And so when you are literally confined and alone, um, you know, for people who suffer from drug addiction and alcoholism and other addictions, that's a real, real dangerous place to be. But for food, food addicts, just like myself, it's just as dangerous. And so I think we have to give everyone needs to give themselves some grace. But to really understand, you know, even myself now as a health coach, 50 pounds lighter than I was. um, I was making way more trips to the pantry than normal. And it was to get away from the darn TV. And uh, it was just out of fear and stress. And um, then the other thing, too, I think that played a role is that. For a while there, we weren't we weren't even really going out to the grocery stores and stores, and so we just were kind of forced to eat whatever we had, and Mm -hmm. um, whatever we had maybe or may have not may or may have not have been the greatest things. And I just think it was really out of fear and anxiety and just fear of the unknown. I mean, I found with my own uh, health coaching clients, it was difficult to even have rational conversations around food. Because everyone was so consumed with fear and what is this going to do and what's coming next, and especially for our senior population and, and our senior caregivers especially, um, this has been a very dangerous, you know, thing for people to face mm-hmm. medically. And so, it I think it all came down to stress.
0: Yeah, and and I think we we associate some comfort in certain types of foods foods from our childhood, foods that, I mean, I found myself cooking things I hadn't cooked in years, Um, (laughs) different types of foods that, you know, I just don't normally eat now because I eat uh, a much healthier diet than I used to. I found myself baking. Um, There was a comfort in that. And, you know, but then when you bake it, then it's sitting there and you're going to eat it, right? That's right <laughs> and and that's it's right. just me and my husband in the house. And so, gosh, a whole batch of cookies was, <laughs> oh dear, you know, I don't even want to think about it. So, yeah. you know, I and I think a lot of us found that. Um, everybody that's listening to this right now, if you have a comment, if you have been there um, and you've experienced um, overeating a little bit, maybe you've baked a lot, Put a comment in the um, uh, mm-hmm. Facebook page. Put Tell us about it. We uh, we want to know. It helps to understand that you're not alone. Um, right. We're all doing this. Um, it's very common, and it's happening to so many of us. And mm-hmm. one of the things I hear a lot, Tanya, is, help, I'm addicted to sweets.
1: I don't know how to stop it. Uh, you know, this was... Um I'm a sugar addict, recovering sugar addict. Here's the thing um, we've all been duped. Okay. So um, we've been duped by the food industry. And in an effort for the food industry to bring better food to the market, low fat, sugar free, gluten free, and all of this kind of stuff, more preservatives are added. And people don't realize that. And so everything, just about 99.9% of what goes into our mouth, aside from water, has sugar in it. You may or may not even know it. And so, sugar makes everything sweeter, literally. But sugar has the exact same addictive factors as cocaine. People don't realize that. And so, when cocaine is ingested, it affects the dopamine in our brain. Sugar does the exact same thing. And wow. so, Whether you're eating a little or a lot, the underlying effects of that are just right beneath the surface. And so it is so incredibly common and people don't give themselves credit to be able to say, um, it's not that I just like sweets, it's a literal addiction. And when Mm -hmm. I start coaching clients through trying to come off of sweet, your body will absolutely respond to that. And uh, there's some detoxing that goes on. Just like a drug addict, not as severe, of course, but um, it is a true physiological fact that sugar is extremely addictive. So when someone says I'm addicted to sweets, it's no joke. There really is an addiction there
0: now. Yeah. Yeah, I I believe that I absolutely do, and and you're so right about the sugar being in everything. You you would be amazed. I remember one time in the grocery store when I first realized that sugar was in everything, and I was watching, and I picked up a bag of frozen chicken breast, and guess
1: what? They injected those chicken breasts with sugar. Yes. I was
0: shocked. I was yes.
1: shocked. Yes. So people yeah. don't realize there are. When you're looking at food labels, and I know that we're going to talk about that in a moment, but there are 75 different names for sugar that are used in food labeling. Okay, I'm a health coach, and there's no way I know all 75 of them. A physician couldn't give you all 75 of them. So for the average person to walk into the grocery store and try to navigate that, it's extremely difficult. That's why I say we've been duped. It's really hard. And there's even sugar in our spices that we use. So you can get spices just that you're trying to flavor your food with. And if Mm -hmm. you really look at their ingredients, they're loaded with sugar. And so we are addicted without even realizing it.
0: That's amazing. Uh, That is amazing. So tell us why sugar is such a big problem. It's involved in inflammation, uh, correct? And how is that
1: hurting our bodies? I never, ever knew this until I really kind of really went through a lot of training and education in my own health program that I managed to understand the the complexities and the relationship between sugar and inflammation in our body. So um, I lost nearly 50 pounds. And when I go back and look at my before photos compared to now, um, some people would say, oh, you had chubby cheeks. Well, I did have chubby cheeks, but (laughs) I was so inflamed and so Mm -hmm. incredibly puffy and I didn't even know it. And that's all related back to refined sugar. So, you know, sugar causes our insulin to spike. Obviously, a lot of folks know that. Um, But a couple of things I always like to point out to people. Interesting enough, I have a lot of clients that will complain about joint pain and they'll think, oh, I'm just getting older because I have joint pain. It's just coming with age. The reality is that ingesting sugar, now here this mm-hmm. is fascinating. The same byproducts that break down the collagen in our skin as we age, mm-hmm. are what is the collagen in between our joints. Sugar attacks that and causes inflammation. And so the more sugar that you're ingesting, the more inflamed your body internally and externally becomes. And when you can get a handle on sugar intake, the Mm -hmm. inflammation begins to subside and go away. Obviously the pancreas is is affected in a large way by sugar. And um, something else a lot of people don't know, our gut is not meant to digest artificial sweeteners. As a matter of fact, it can't fully digest artificial sweeteners. And so what happens to what's left over in the gut? Our body absorbs it in our joints and in the form of inflammation. And so it is all so delicately tied around sugar intake. That's why it's really important to understand food labeling because even understanding just a little bit about food labeling will really go a long way in helping you get a handle on inflammation in your body, which is all Mm -hmm. related to sugar. A lot of people don't realize Mm -hmm. that. They just assume inflammation and joint pain. Oh, it's just because I'm getting older, not so. Okay. So before we get into the food labeling, I want to bring up
0: Jennifer uh, Williams uh, came on board and she says, I crave salty snacks, not so much sugar. And, you know, that is is common. And I would say Mm -hmm. I kind of go back and forth. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I crave sugar, sometimes I crave salt, but a lot of times I crave the salty stuff too. So tell us about
1: that. And what we so, can off, it's a great great point. Um, I have clients that are the same way and what you have to look at is so if you're craving salty stuff, all of those salty chips, crackers, you know whatever that is also contain sugar. So the salt isn't the addictive additive in it necessarily it's the sugar behind the salt and the underlying additive. The other thing too so are you is, saying uh, my chips have 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 sugar in them? Absolutely. Yes. And if you look at that package and you will see anything that ends in O's, fructose, sucrose, anything like that is all sugar. And it's in those foods. The other thing is um, it's very common to crave salty things if you're lacking some electrolytes or potassium Um, Mm -hmm. that is kind of a byproduct. And so I always tell people um, those salty cravings can be really curbed with water. Yeah. Um, really, the best way to get those salty cravings in check is to better hydrate yourself.
0: Yep, yep. And Jennifer says, Yikes, I had no idea salty chips have sugar. I'm with you, Jennifer. I, know. I didn't either. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> and and Tessa, Tessie uh, Flanagan is on. Also, she says, Love salt. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, yeah very enlightening, very interesting, Tanya. So let's talk about those food label lies, what you need to watch for, And I know we don't have a long enough show for you to tell us everything, but give us a little few tips. You mentioned those.
1: Yeah. The biggest thing is And you're right. And and you could spend all afternoon sitting with a nutritionist and you would still not have all the information about food labels. So here's the thing to the number one thing. No sugar or sugar free does not mean sugar free. Mm -hmm. So just know that the food labeling industry, kind of all the rules go out the window. And it's not so much about being healthy as it is about selling food. And you will often hear people say it's very expensive to eat healthy, healthy foods, more expensive. If I go and I get gluten free, sugar free, Mm -hmm. fat free, that stuff's a little more expensive. Um, Not necessarily true. But the one the one tip I tell people about food labeling is you're always going to have the actual food label on the can or on the package that says how many calories, total fat, sugars and all of that good stuff. That's your snapshot. Where the meat and potatoes is, the the information is, is if you look under that food label and you see the long paragraph of everything listed individually that says ingredients, your food label may say no added sugar. But when you start looking at that ingredients list and you see things like added sugar, or the craziest thing to me is you'll see something that says fruit juices. Doesn't tell you how much, it just says it's an added ingredient. What are in fruit juices tied to sugar? Right. But your label may say sugar-free,
0: mm-hmm.
1: crazy. yeah. So, and then again, those names, anything that that ends in Ose, O-S-E, fructose, sucrose, hydrolose, all of that is sugar. And mm-hmm. so companies can get away with saying, oh, this is sugar-free. But in the ingredients, they hide behind other names, the scientific names for things. And so you really got to peel back the onion and be really careful. Obviously, you always have to watch your serving sizes because mm-hmm. you will think that a small little bag of chips is one serving, and it's really three. So you know, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that just really
0: drives we me. About I mean, that we Look right, at right, that, and, and it's it. like yeah. seriously, this would be three servings for for what? Yeah. mine for an ant, maybe. I mean,
1: come on, right. yeah, it's right. crazy. Yeah, it's and crazy. The other you ch- know quick thing that I always tell people is um, if the label is boasting fat free, sugar free, gluten free, well, there's something in there somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. So check your sodium. So I will have clients all the time, snap me a picture with the label and say, can I eat this? It says 30% less sodium. And I'll say less than what? Mm -hmm. Because the sodium is through the roof. That's what allows that material to sit on the shelf for so long is the sodium, the salt. So the more sodium are in things, the more you're going to crave it. Right. So Mm -hmm. um, just those couple of tips will really go a long way. And the spices, check the sugar on your spices.
0: That's very, very interesting. Crazy, right? Yeah, that is crazy. You know, (laughs) I read, I, I read, I listened to, are you familiar with Dr. Andrew Weil? Yes. Years ago, I went to a conference and he was a speaker and he said something that always stuck with me. He said, when you go into the grocery store, he said, follow the perimeters of the store and skip the aisles. And he said, you'll eat a lot healthier. And you think about it, your fruits, your vegetables, your um, milks and uh, eggs and cheeses and meats and all of that are on the perimeters of the store and your packaged food is in the middle. On the aisles. And I thought, wow, yes. that is just such a simple, easy, you know, first step. Obviously, right. we're going to eat some packaged foods. We're going to eat some canned foods. Um, so we need to know a little bit more, but that's a good rule of thumb, I think. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Somebody else is posting. Oh, okay. So Jennifer says, should we not eat
1: pre packaged foods? I think that there's a difference between this is this, such a great question, Jennifer. I love this question. It's one of my favorites. There is a difference between processed and prepackaged, and so you got to be real careful there. Prepackaging is not necessarily bad. I tell people unless you have a cow or a fish or a garden in your backyard, everything you eat has to be prepackaged. I had a client who says, "Well, I love almonds, but I don't eat them prepackaged." And I'm like, "Well, do you have an almond tree? Because they're prepackaged. I mean, they have to be prepackaged." packaging is a convenience factor to get it from point A to point B. And so pre-packaged is not necessarily bad. What you've got to look at is the processing. How is it processed? And more importantly, the ingredients. Because if we all raised our hand and said, we can no longer eat pre-packaged food, get ready to have beef that you grow your own, fish that you catch on your own, and a garden in your backyard. Exactly. It just, it doesn't make sense. And so you've got to really take a step back and figure out, What's in the processing of what I'm eating? Not so much the package. Does that make sense?
0: That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Hopefully it does for you too, Jennifer. Um, Now I want to talk about something because everybody wants to know what are the latest and greatest wonder drugs out there? What's going to just take it off like that? I don't want to take a lot of time. I want to get this weight off today. What are the wonder drugs, Tanya?
1: So this is so awesome because I have the secret to life right here and you're going to get it for totally free. (laughs) Two of my most favorite wonder drugs won't cost you a thing, water and walking. That's it. Water and walking. People will often ask me, what is something I can do right now to get my weight in order that's not going to cost a lot of money that I can just implement on my own? And I say, water? Not flavored water, water, drink half your body weight in ounces of water. You will be, if you change nothing else except hydrating your body, you will be shocked at how much better you feel in just 72 hours. Shocked, mm-hmm. especially our seniors, especially oh, our seniors yes. People will say, well, um, my mom, as, as an elderly person or, or she doesn't like water, it's very hard for her to get mm-hmm. water then watermelon is the second best thing 85% water. So anyway, just a little tip and then walking and you don't have to speed walk. Think of it just as I'm going to get some movement in today and just get a little more in each day. Walking and water will change your life. Yeah. You just got to make up your mind that I'm going to drink some water and I'm going to go for a walk. And um, I tell people, those are two things that you can start doing right now that won't cost you anything and will make a big huge impact for you. Yeah. Simple, simple to do. And
0: everybody's, you know, um, everybody can do them just about. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. great. Uh, So Tanya, how can someone begin to make better food choices? You know, maybe I've come to the realization that I haven't been eating well. I know it isn't, I don't feel good. I want to make some changes. How can we begin to, to
1: make that happen? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is to recognize and realize where your weaknesses are. Right. And so you've got to have some real tough conversation with yourself. And in, in my, in my role of health coaching clients, I always ask people, one of the first questions I say is, listen, don't get in this to chase dress size, right? Let's, let's make lifelong healthy habits. And so you've got to be able to be real and truthful with yourself and understand that I've got to make some big changes and then give yourself some grace and just do it a little bit at a time. You know, I love, love working with people who have no idea what to do once they get in the grocery store because they have just been so accustomed to going in and just grabbing whatever they can find, prepared meals and all that kind of stuff and think that they're doing all the right things. You don't have to get into the world of nutrition. You can just make some better choices. Um, stop frying stuff. One of the biggest things for me, um, I had to have a real heart to heart with myself was I was a fast food addict. And so Mm -hmm. I had to say no more. It's killing me no more. And so that was a big change for me. I started drinking more water. I started walking and then I aligned with a really great health program and a health coach. And so I think that if you could do it on your own. Most people would already have done it by now. And just like when an athlete goes into training, they have a coach. I could not have been successful without having an accountability partner and a health coach that was my cheerleader in my corner. And there were times I called her from the Waterburger drive-thru because I was having a meltdown. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, and it's okay because it's hard. Remember, we've been duped We uh, things are not as they appear on food labels. And so even when you've got the best intentions, sometimes you just need a little bit of help. But I think Mm -hmm. the number one thing is that you've got to come to a realization up here that you are ready to make a change. Once your mind's made up, that's 99% of it. Because the battles that we face with food are emotional, right? Mm -hmm. And so making up your mind that I've got to make some changes. And if you want to ease into it, that's great. But doing one to three things a day to make better choices. That's just absolutely critical. Water, walking, and stop eating fried foods. Those are three things that you can start doing right now today that don't cost you a thing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and caffeinated
0: drinks, you know, oh. I have a friend who gave up Cokes and it was amazing how his mm-hmm. health changed in just a few months. His doctor yes. was amazed because he was drinking a lot of them. You know, Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people are addicted to, to Cokes or, or diet or whatever, Pepsi, whatever, whatever your advice is. Um, So yeah, just like you said, those baby steps sometimes making small Mm -hmm. changes. I want to put up, um, because uh, Tanya does have a health coaching program. I want to put her website up here and then we're going to let her tell you a little bit about how that works in case you're interested in that or know somebody who might be. Her web address, and I'm going to spell it out because this will be on podcast at a later date. It is MoonlightHealth.com. And that is M-O-O-N-L-I-T-E dash health, H-E-A-L-T-H.com. So tell us a little bit about how how a health coaching program works for people that maybe have never had any kind of coaching um, and they're not really sure
1: whether this is going to be for them. Absolutely. Well, contrary to very popular belief, it is not expensive. So i always like to put that out there. It is an extremely affordable way to get your hands wrapped around your health. And so I am your health cheerleader. (laughs) I, uh, when a client reaches out to me, the very first thing that I do is a very thorough over the phone um, health assessment. And I want to understand uh, your relationship with food. And I want to understand your habits. How much sleep do you get? How much stress are you under? How much water do you drink? Um, Really important, what medications are you on? And what medications do you take on a consistent basis? And then we formulate a plan. And uh, that plan consists of weekly follow up, um, obviously food choices. And I walk you through that whole thing. My plan actually has a whole nutritional part of it where you can purchase food. And so um, obviously what goes into your body is a huge factor. But I do a lot of heart work as well. And I always tell people who have failed diet after diet after diet like me, um, if you would, if you could do it on your own, you already would have. And Mm -hmm. so no one wakes up and says, I want to be overweight and unhealthy. It's a very gradual process. And so we think nothing of an athlete getting a personal trainer.
0: Mm -hmm. Makes
1: total sense. We think nothing about it. We think nothing about going and dropping hundreds of dollars on a gym membership and having a personal trainer sit there and tell us how many reps to do. Mm -hmm. No one thinks anything of it. And so why not have a health coach that's going to help you not only with the food and nutritional part, But with the motivation, I tell my clients, don't quit on me because I will not quit on you. I will not quit on you. Um, My health coach was pivotal to saving mine and my husband's life. We lost 100 pounds together. I still talk to her every single week, every single week. I talk to her. Um, And so I'll talk to her forever. Mm -hmm. And you just there's no we do not heal in isolation you know, back to what we're experiencing with COVID, we do not heal in isolation. And so um, being alone in your fight for your health is a lonely place. And so I like to come around, come along people, link arms and say, let's go do it. Let's go get healthy together. And we're going to have a specific time that we chat together every week about your challenges. And I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to knock the donut out of your hand, but I'm here to remind you why you started and let mm-hmm. you know that I represent a program based in science, written by a critical care physician, and it works. And I just walk you through that process. And it is awesome. It sounds awesome, it sounds awesome. So and I'm really,
0: I'm really happy to have you on the show today. Jennifer wanted to say one more thing. She says, great advice about water, walking and deleting the fried foods. Yes, it is, Jennifer. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, um they're simple steps. They're really simple steps. This is not rocket science, um, mm-hmm. but we all need help because many of us have the addictions to sweets. We um have been overeating the last yeah. few months. I mean, it's been crazy. Like I said, the the number of postings about food, <laughs> I, I yeah. would need like some statistics from Facebook on how many more food postings there have been. I know it's through the roof because I've yeah. seen lots of it. I've done it myself yeah. and I never yes. post pictures, you know? <laughs> so it's funny, it's funny. Now you post some great food pictures. If you I haven't do. followed, Tanya, what is your Facebook page, Tanya? Tell everybody, please, because yeah, so I need to follow you.
1: Thank um, you, thank you. I post healthy recipes every single day. I have lots awesome. of tips and great information. Um, uh, I'm not the cook my family. They're delicious, husband, and so I make sure that he's you know cooked what we post. Um, but I'm Tanya dot Moon dot number five for some reason of Facebook. But you can <laughs> yes. easily find me on Facebook because my yes. name is spelled T-O-N-J-A Moon M-O-O-N. So I'm really easy to find.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just just put her name in the search, and yeah. you'll be able to find her okay. and and follow her and find out what's going on and get some of her awesome recipes. Um, uh, that's a good start too to start trying out some of these recipes. You're going to be amazed. I mean, they are really good. I have tried <laughs> several of them. They're delicious. So yeah, yeah. Doesn't feel like you're eating healthy either. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Tanya, thanks so much again for joining us today. And uh, we're glad to have you on the show. Uh, Got to go for now. We'll be back next Wednesday with another guest. I'm not going to tell you who it is. So you have to stay tuned at FindHoustonSeniorCare.com. Find Houston Senior Care on Facebook page. Uh, We look forward to having you next week, having having the show next week and all our viewers, please come back. Thanks, Tanya. Have a great day. Thank you.